to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at kdos1060.com, and with the KDOS 10, uh, 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports, we pop on out to the KDOS hotline for an NFL conversation. Nate Davis with USA Today. Nate, it's Bob and Kayla. How are you today? Good, Kayla. How are you guys? Doing fantastic. Uh, let's first start here with uh, the Arizona Cardinals. And there seems to be reports that talks are ramping up for DeAndre Hopkins. Then there's maybe not a lot of interest. No one really knows what exactly is going on. So what sort of contract changes do you think Hopkins would need to agree to? And what would potentially the Cardinals be getting in return for Hop once he is finally on the move? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, I, I'm kind of maybe skeptical on the side of, of how great uh, a market he might actually have. I mean, you're talking about a guy coming off the season with the suspension last year, uh, you know, injuries the year before that. Um, you know, what, what kind of player are, are you really getting um, if you're another team, particularly for a receiver who's going to be 31 years old? So, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's going to be people that want him, but, you know, I, I, think, I think it's probably – time to, to, to call it in terms of, of days of DeAndre's time as, as an elite receiver. Uh, and I, I kind of wonder if this might be something that happens closer to the uh, the draft or even during the draft. Um, I mean, I, I think he could probably be certainly competitive with the guys that are coming out this year. There's no no Garrett Wilson or Jamar Chase or anybody like that you know, in this draft. So um, maybe if you know, money, money off support waits a little longer um, and, and that contract number would have to come down, you know, maybe he finds a little bit, bit better of a, of a market, maybe a more competitive one um, as, as we get more into April. Obviously, uh, with the Cowboys adding Brandon Cooks, that's one less team on the market for wide receiver. What teams do you think most need a wide receiver, whether it's via trade for Hopkins or through the draft? Well, uh, again, like I don't know if there's one team that has that glaring need, uh, and you know I don't even know if a team like a team like the Giants could certainly use a number one receiver. Uh, is the type of team that's going to take him on? Um, particularly after kind of the disaster they had with Kenny Galladay, and I don't, I don't mean to compare DeAndre directly to Kenny Kenny Galladay, but I, I think I think it's going to be a, a resource thing for for some teams. And I, I just again, I, I kind of wonder if this turns into more of a buyer's market. I mean, certainly he could he, he, he could have an impact somewhere. I just not, I'm just not sure it's the number one kind of receiver impact, and the teams are going to want to pay uh, a premium for him either either financially or or in terms of of what they give up. So we'll we'll see how it. Develops, Bob. Uh, it'd be certainly be interesting if a team like like Chiefs got interested, and then maybe may you know where, where where it's a more enticing situation for DeAndre, and maybe he's more motivated to, to make the move for for a place that could um, showcase him a little more, and maybe maybe makes him a more attractive option a year from now. We'll we'll see, but I just don't know if there's a screaming need. Um, we're we're going to outline seven teams that really need DeAndre that you could be competing against each other. Nate Davis, USA Today here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Uh, so some t- some players that are not returning, some big retirements for the Patriots, Devin McCourty and Dante Hightower. Hightower's strip sack in that Super Bowl against the Falcons. That just lives in infamy. Uh, but the mold of the linebacker kind of changed in the NFL, and he was getting a little bit older as well. Maybe McCourty still could have kept playing one more year if he wanted to, but Bill Belichick now will have to find some new pieces. Are they already in-house for this Patriots? defense i uh, great great question um 
I, I mean, they, they they do have players there. I mean, that is an ever-evolving thing. I mean, I don't know if DeAndre or Dante Hightower has been a real impactful player in recent seasons. I think with, with McCourty, obviously you're, you're losing the leadership, but I think he's, you're talking about a 35-year-old player. Um, you know, Duggar, we'll get a chance to maybe morph into that guy, and we'll see if Adrian Phillips uh, can really be that that guy in terms of a, of a safety. I mean, he's he's kind of transformed into a better player in in recent years. But uh, you know, it's another thing that's been rallying around my mind with this team too is is I mean, when, when do we stop looking at the Patriots as a team that has you know the the answer key? Uh, you know, and they haven't had it since they they, they lost their their quarterback. So um, we'll, we'll see what they come up with, but. Uh, I'm. I, I think that this is a team on, on the descent, and I'm really curious if they're going to be able to recapture in any shape, way, shape, or form with what they were during the Tom Brady era. And you kind of wonder at some point if this starts to have a bit of a negative reflection on Bill Belichick if it hasn't already. The Panthers, they now have the number one pick. What should they do, and what do you think that they will do? And those could be two different answers, certainly. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what, what comes out of the pro days. Uh, obviously, we haven't seen Bryce Young work out, so that that's going to happen here soon. Uh, and, and, you know, the Panthers, decision-makers, I, I, I expect up to and including uh, Mr. Tepper, are, are going to be looking at these uh, very closely. You know, Frank Reich is holding the cards very close to the, the chest right now. Uh, you know, I think I think it's understandable why some people are kind of leaning or going in the C.J. Stroud direction right now, just because, I mean, Frank Reich is – He's probably more, you know, at least in terms of athletic ability in the, in the Carson Wentz, uh, Philip Rivers, um, Matt Ryan, Andrew Luckmold. Uh, whereas I think Bryce Young would be a, a bit of a different player for, for Frank Reich to get used to. It doesn't mean that he won't. Um, I, I kind of personally think that's eventually where, where they wind up. Uh, I don't think C.J. Stroud could look much better than he did at the pro day, and certainly, uh, you know, at the, at the end of his career, uh, namely uh, in, the, in the Georgia game. So I, I, I've been really impressed with what I've seen with him um, lately in Indianapolis uh, in, in the college football playoff. Uh, I don't know if he's going to catch up to, to Bryce Young in time to overtake him, but, uh, you know, it's also going to kind of depend on what, what they're they're hearing in, in their interviews, uh, what they do on their top 30 visits and that kind of thing. But I, I still kind of think that Bryce Young, probably just in terms of ability and what he's put on tape, is probably the best quarterback in this draft, and I, I think probably that's where the Panthers will, will ultimately work, work their way towards. What do you make of what the Lions have done on defense? Cam Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley, this week C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Is this team therefore then poised to really contend for the NFC North? Yeah, I mean, I think that they probably already were. Um, it, it was, they, they did have the worst defense in the league, at least you know overall last year, so there was work there to do. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they what they come up with in the draft with the sixth pick, and you know, the, could could a guy like Jalen Carter possibly land in their lap if they, they decided they're comfortable going uh, in, in that direction? But yeah, Kayla, I mean, I think that they're kind of I don't know if they're the prohibitive favorites in, in that division, but I bet I bet there's going to be a lot of people picking them to win it, um, given the way they they finished last season, you know, including that that week 18 win against the Packers when, when ultimately the Lions didn't have anything to play for. Uh, but but pride uh, and, and just the way you, you know I saw an interesting thing in Good Morning Football the other day. Who, who's the second best quarterback in the NFC? And some people would say Jared Goff, you know, <laughs> which is amazing um, to think about right now. And, and I'm not saying that's the definitive answer, but the fact that he's even in the conversation, um, at least in terms of the NFC, kind of just tells you where the conference is as a, as a whole. So 
I, I would be shocked if this team doesn't make the playoffs next year, uh, whether whether as NFC North champs uh, or obviously as, as a wild card. But um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to see them on my schedule. Okay, so sticking with the NFC North, Aaron Rodgers is still with the Packers. What's the hold up here? Well, Aaron Rodgers told us Bob the hold up is the Packers, and now they're they're waiting to see how much they can get out of the Jets here. Um, and I, I guess again, how, how long is this going to take? It's a, it's a great question. Uh, if you're the Packers, I mean, do, do you let it go past the draft, or, or do, you, do you eventually um, find find some kind of common ground with the Jets so that you can have have those draft picks in hand and use them this year, um, regardless of what, what that compensation is going to be? But uh, I, I would think it would happen before the draft. Uh, if, if it goes past that, you, you know, at some point, you know, and then that point is, is before week one, the Packers are going to owe Aaron Rodgers $58 million. And, and we know that that's not going to happen, uh, but that's what his contract stipulates. So uh, it, it feels like the, the leverage is, is on the Jets' side here, uh, even though the Packers currently, you know, are, are the ones that have to decide when they're going to pull the trigger. But, you know, if you're the Jets, I think you can wait this out a, a bit longer. Uh, you, you know that. You know, and you go into this knowing that, you know, at least, at the very least, he knows your offense. So it's not like he's going to come in cold or, or from square one on day one. Um, certainly you want to get him acclimated to your, your team, your, your culture, and, and, and your players. But I, I would think that, you know, I, I would think this becomes a, a bigger distraction for the Packers the longer it goes on. Nate Davis having an NFL conversation coming to us from USA Today right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Uh, the Bills... They uh, let Devin Singletary go to the Texans. The Bills have picked up Damian Harris instead. So did Buffalo get better? Um, I'm not sure yet. It's, 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 uh, I'm curious what, what type of role that James Cook, um, the, the rookie back they had from Georgia last year, Dalvin's brother, you know, what what is he? What, what does his role become uh, in 2023? Uh, you know, Damian Harris is. is Different back than Devin Singletary. I think he's more of a first, first, uh, first down, second down kind of guy. Um, had some, had some injury history, so uh, you, you got to worry about that. And then you know you kind of wonder too what what might be at the Bills' sleeve uh, in the draft. I mean, a lot of people like like the idea of, of maybe they could take Bijan Robinson as kind of that missing piece. And, and you would think they would like to do something to take the pressure off off Josh Allen and not not have him shoulder so much of the load in the running game, particularly as, as it pertains to the third down plays and, and, and red zone. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, they, they've got, they, they've got some players there. And I, I do think James Cook is, is ready for, for a bigger role. Uh, but, but I, I also think that this team should, you know, I thought, I thought they should have taken a brief haul last year. Um, but for a team that looks like it's just a player or two away from, from, from being a Super Bowl contender, I would think B. John Robinson would look pretty good there if they, if they could pull the trigger on that. Okay, I asked about Aaron Rodgers earlier, so I'll go to Lamar Jackson this time around. Uh, you know, the, there was I know the Colts rumor. If that's a rumor, there's talk about the Colts out there. Uh, would that make sense for them? Two first round picks if there's a trade, etc. So, I guess uh, what's what's the hold up with Lamar Jackson? I guess it's Lamar. Uh, you know, in some cases because he's turned down some money already for them. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of truth in that, Bob, and I do think there's just a hesitance from other teams in that, you know, obviously any any offer that comes his way that he accepts, the Ravens merely have to match it. So you go through the entire rigmarole of constructing a contract and negotiating with them uh, only to walk away 
with nothing if the Ravens um, match. I mean, there, there is that thing, too, about that representative out there putting the word out that maybe he wants to be done with Baltimore, but he doesn't hold all the cards here. Um, and then the Ravens hold, hold a lot of them. So we'll, we'll see what materializes. Uh, I mean, the Colts thing is interesting to me because they haven't really had, you know, they, they've, they've been such a pocket quarterback kind of team going back really this entire century for Peyton Manning on, on, on forward. So that would be a departure for them. Um, that being said, I mean, Saints like in their new coach worked the last couple of years with Jalen Hurts. So that, that would be a compelling, um, you know, marriage to have Lamar Jackson and Shane Steichen working together. Yet you also wonder if they could just get that in the draft with Anthony Richardson at that number four pick uh, and have the cost control for five, five years rather than trying to, to pay whatever Lamar Jackson wants and, and hope that uh, the Ravens let you have him. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I really thought that somebody would, would make a run at him by now. I thought Atlanta was, was a logical one given the cap space they had and, and the, the need to have a quarterback down there that could put people in the seats the way, the way Michael Vick did. But, um, you know, I just hope Lamar does the right thing for himself. And, and clearly, you know, he's, he's, he's calling the shots as, as he wants to right now in terms of, of, of offers and whatnot. But the, the amount of money he's left on the table um, just by not signing a contract and, and getting into that second contract and setting himself up for a third, I mean, he, he's already lost a lot just by, by not signing an extension two years ago the way Josh Allen did, you know, Josh Allen in the same draft as Lamar Jackson and already has $150 million guaranteed and working towards a third contract. Uh, I just hope ultimately for Lamar's sake he doesn't end up cutting off his nose despite his face. Nate Davis, USA Today here on KDOS AM 1060. We still have the draft to go, but out of the teams that seem like they are actively trying to get better to improve or get to the playoffs and make a deeper run in the playoffs if that's where they're currently at, who had the best free agency so far and who had the worst? Oh, I mean, the the Bears have had a compelling one. Obviously, I mean, part part of the uh, calculus there is, is, of course, what they what they've gotten themselves in the draft market by by moving down from that one pick to that nine pick um, and picking up a player of DJ Moore's caliber in addition to to the draft pick. So I think you have to like what what they've done. Um, you know, the the Rams seems like the the tab is kind of coming due for them right now, having to give up a player like Jalen Ramsey for a third-round pick just so you can get um, cap compliant. So those are two that come to mind. I mean, I think the Giants, I don't know if they're a, a real sexy answer right now, but, I mean, they were able to keep Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley both. Um, Darren Waller as, as well. You know, you'd like to see them get get another receiver there for, for Jones. Um, Bobby Okariki from the Colts was a nice pickup for them. But I think, yeah, Giants, Giants and Bears kind of leap to mind as teams. Um, that did well. Atlanta a little bit too. I mean, they they were more re-signing some of their own their own guys, getting some other kind of lower lower key free agents. But I think this is also, you know, not not the not the greatest free agent class we've ever seen, particularly with the way Lamar's situation is. So I, I think I think a lot of these teams by keeping their own guys, and, and the Eagles are another one. I think I think maybe if you, my my best answer would would be the Eagles, given all the guys they managed to keep in house. Um, you know. While, while looking at all the free agents they had going into the process um, and, and not losing many. They, I think that they're, and, and again, going back to the way the state of the NFC is right now, I think they've done a, a really nice job keeping it together uh, and looking ahead. I mean, they do have those two first-round picks. We'll be surprised if they, if they wind up trading one, but I think that they're really kind of set up um, to have a, a bit of a Super Bowl window here. Nate, we greatly appreciate you taking some time with us today, and we look forward to doing it again soon. 
Okay. Thank you, guys. Good talk to you. As always, yes, Nate Davis, USA Today.